welcome us uh, to the live broadcast of the City of Refuge Melbourne. Especially for those of us who are watching from uh, North America, from Africa, from uh, West Africa, and uh, from even outside the city of Melbourne, uh, you are especially welcome. And for those of us in the city of Melbourne, uh, because right now the state of Victoria and the city of Melbourne, uh, well, the city of Melbourne, not the city of Victoria. Last week it was the entire state of Victoria, but now just the city of Melbourne. Uh, they are still under lockdown, snap lockdown, they've called it. But by the grace of God, we're looking for that we'll be out of this lockdown in another few days. And uh, in Jesus' name, next Sunday we'll be back to corporate worship. Saw the news just before coming on, and they said that uh, they've only discovered two new COVID-19 cases. Uh, that's good news. Uh, but we thank God, we thank God that these things, this affliction will not continue in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we thank God that the Lord is still on the throne. We thank God for how the Lord has been keeping us and keeping our state and keeping our city. Uh, at the same time, it's important that we are not entertaining fear. Uh, fear seems to be, you know, oh, we've, they've seen one, they've seen two, and then fear seems to be uh, taking over, especially in places where uh, the people in authority have been accused of scaremongering. Uh, but uh, we are not, we will not uh, fear their fear in Jesus' name. Praise the name of the Lord. Uh, this morning, I just want to thank God. And this is where I will start. One of his testimonies or stories that have blessed my heart has been one of us who has been trusting God for a particular breakthrough regarding her professional registration. And over the weekend, it came through. And, you know, at a stage, he was looking as if the thing would not just even work out. But we didn't give up. Uh, we didn't just throw up our hands and say, oh, well, this is too difficult. But we kept on in faith. We kept on trusting God. We kept on pushing through. And we thank God that today uh, everything has gone so well. And uh, she's received a professional registration to work and serve in an area of, uh, in our own profession. We thank God for that. And I'm saying that to just also say this to us. Been trusting God, don't know what you're trusting God for. And I'm not just talking to those of us in church. I'm talking to those of us who are on this live brokers. Uh, whatever you've been believing God for, whatever it is you say you're trusting God for, I, I want you to do something right now. Uh, this is a pivotal moment. This is like the river is about to move. Remember the story of the man by the pool called Bethesda in John chapter 5. Uh, there's something that's about to move now. And I want you to rise up wherever you are, whatever you're doing, and just start to thank God. Start to thank God. Thank God that that thing is done, especially if you've prayed about it. Especially even even praying, say, Lord, this thing. I want you to thank God. I want you to move from the place of looking forward to it to enter into the place where it is already done. 
Thank God for it. Thank God for that breakthrough. Thank God for that miracle. Thank God for that testimony. Thank God for the things that God has done. The Holy Spirit is just reminding me of the case of the feeding of the 5,000, where they had only five loaves and two fish. And it was practically impossible in the natural to feed 5,000 besides women and children with five loaves and two fish. But Jesus did something. He looked up to heaven and started thanking God. The Bible says he blessed God. And John says he thanked God. That's why I want you to thank God. Look to heaven this morning. Don't look around. Don't look at the situation. But look to the one who is able. The one who is more than able. The I am who I am. The great one. The great I am. The one who said and it came to pass. The one who spoke and it was so. The one who created all things. The one who had been before the beginning of all things. The one who had been before time began. And the one who will remain at the end of time. I want you to go ahead and thank him this morning and give him praise and give him worship. Declare that it is done. Declare that that provision is available. Declare that that healing is done. Declare that that situation is, is, is turned around. Declare that that job is done. Declare that our city is Declare whatever you desire, whatever you've been asking God for. Hmm. Father, we thank you. Father, we give you praise. Father, we worship you. Father, we adore you. Oh, my helicatolo basheli maseke libasua. Rima zeli basolo basheli basokundu. Father, we want to thank you. We give you praise, Lord Jesus. We give you praise, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Do you want to increase your capacity to receive from God? Because you don't receive from God based on what God can do. God can do what? All things. For with God, all things are possible. There's nothing that God cannot do. And why is it that sometimes we are not laying hold on the things that we desire? Not because God cannot do those things, or not because he has not even done them, but sometimes our capacity to receive is so limited. And sometimes we also limit the Holy One of Israel. So says uh, Psalm 78 from verse number 40, 41. Uh, but do you want to increase your capacity to receive from God? Cultivate a, 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 an attitude of gratitude. Cultivate an attitude of gratitude, an attitude of thanksgiving. That you, 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 instead of complaining, instead of comparing and feeling down, so oh, I'm not doing, learn to just look to Him and say, Lord, sometimes I do not understand it all, but I know you are the one on the throne. I know you are the one that is more than able, and I'm just thanking you for this. I'm thanking you for this. I'm thanking you for this need in my life. I'm thanking you for this particular situation. I'm thanking you. That is why, again, I want you to thank God for our city of Melbourne. Thank God that we're out. Thank God for what God has done. Thank God for how he has kept us from this scourge called COVID-19. 
thank God that in spite of, oh yes, we've discovered this. Look at how the numbers have just been so low. And they found just two today. Let's thank God for it. Let's thank God that we're out of this lockdown. Let's thank God that we're out of it. Let's thank God that we're out of it. Let's thank God that it has, it has not even come near you. Let's thank God for his protection. Let's thank God for how he has kept you. Let's thank God for how he has healed you. Let's thank God for how he has delivered you. Let's thank God for his provisions. Let's thank God for the thing that he is doing. Open your mouth and thank God. Thank God for your life. Thank God for where you are. Oh, we thank you, Lord. 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 We give you praise, Lord. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. And finally, I want to thank God for our new church building. You don't know. Uh, there's lots of things taking place behind the scene, especially when everything seems to, oh, they say there's lockdown, nothing is, but, not, but God has just been walking behind the scene. I wanted to thank God, you know, for the cooperation we've received from the vendors, how they've worked with us almost at every step. I want to thank God for the review that is taking place of the contract of sale with the lawyers. I want to thank God for everything. I want to thank God. Let's thank God for it all. Let's thank God for it all. Let's thank God even for the broker. Let's thank God because, you know, they're working out, oh, how much is the bank? All these things are still on. Let's, let's thank God. Let's thank God for perfecting everything. Just like Jesus. Oh, our eyes are on God. Oh, to perfect everything. Let's thank God for transfer of ownership. Let's thank God that it is done. Let's thank God that it is done. Oh, my kete lima solo baba sheliba so kun tolo baba baba kete dede. Rima solo bo. Let's thank God that it is done well for us. Let's thank God that it is done well for us. In the name of Jesus. Let's thank God. 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 Oh, to God be the glory. Great things He has done. So loved He the world that He gave us His Son. Oh, yeah, then is life in atonement for sin. And open the life gate that all may go. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let the earth hear is Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son and give him the glory. Great things he has done. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, 
Praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son and give him the glory. Great things he has done. Next Sunday, by the special grace of God, we'll be back in church for corporate worship. And it will be a time of celebration. It will be a time of thanksgiving. It will be a time of rejoicing and thanking God for the things that God indeed has done for us. Uh, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, oh, there will not be any elongation of lockdown. In Jesus' name. Oh yes, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are out of it. In Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the things you've done. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your counsel. Thank you because the entrance of the world brings forth light and understanding to the simple. Lord, open eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to know, even as we go into a journey, the journey of your world this morning. Thank you so much that no one will be left behind. And I take authority over destruction in Jesus' name. None will be distracted. Oh, Lord, my God, everyone will hear very clearly. No one will hear things or hear differently. But, Lord, we want to thank you. Just give you all the praise. Give you adoration. In Jesus' name we pray. It. Amen. Praise God. You can take your seat. Amen. Wherever you are in your home, take your seat in your, you know, maybe sit, you know, get on your study and your focus on the, on the message. And this morning I'll continue again on what I shared last week when we're looking at the accurate pattern for building the house of God. Accurate pattern for building the house of God. But before I dive into the word that God has prepared for us, I would like to just do a very short review of what I said last week when we're looking at the central point of our of, our, of God's purpose for the believer's life. There's a core point. There's a center. Whatever you're doing, whatever profession, you know, in the 80s, they were looking at, we've all been called as ministers. We've not all been called as pastors or prophets or apostles or evangelists and teachers and the rest of it, you know, because but we've all been called as ministers. Not all of us will become apostles. Not all of us will become prophets. Not all of us will become evangelists, and definitely not all of us will become pastors and teachers, but everyone has been called. You have been called as a minister, a minister of the gospel, to represent him. Hello, did you hear me? I didn't just say to represent him, but to represent him, because he has called you to represent him so that you can represent him. What does that mean? So that even you have to stand as an ambassador of the kingdom, your words, your life is declaring to those who are yet to be in this kingdom what the kingdom is all about. 
Praise God. So your words, what you say, that is why you can't be like other people. You can't do the things they do. Why? Because of destiny. Others may or you what cannot because of destiny. You can't just behave the way others are. You can't just get to the place of work and they swear and you swear. Oh, and they said some things and you do the same thing. And they say, oh, and you say, but I don't want them to see me different. You already, you already been separated. You're already different. Let them know who you are. Wherever you get to, let them know who you are. Don't hide. It's time to get out, for the prophets to get out, because we can't continue to hide in the cave. Everyone is out now. You need to also be out. Let them know what you stand for. Let them know the things that you believe. I'm not saying go about and start to preach to anybody or harass anybody with scriptures. But you take your stand. And when they say some things, they say, no, I don't really agree with that. Oh, yes. They say, oh, and they say something. They say, no, no, no. Don't try to conform. You're being called, what? To be separated. The Bible says, do not be conformed. We're being called not to conform. We're being called to be separate. Amen. Praise God. So the central call, the central thing, the, 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 the key point of your calling as a minister is to worship. Whatever you are called, maybe you are a doctor. Whatever you're doing, maybe you are a nurse. Whatever you're doing, maybe you are a student. Or we are a, a, you are a legal practitioner. Or whatever it is that you're doing, maybe you are even an administrator. You work with the government. You are being called in that place where you've been planted to worship. Somebody said, I don't understand that. But we can't just, I can't take the, uh, I can't take my, 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 I can't be playing music there. I, I can't be, I can't even be playing my guitar in office. This is an office environment. We're, we're there to work. That is the problem. Because many of us lack the understanding of what worship is. Worship is not just about the music. Music is an expression of worship. But what is worship? I don't have time now, but go and read Genesis 22, where worship was mentioned for the very first time. There was no musical equipments there. There were no drum sets there. There were no tambourines there. There were no even saxophone there. But Abraham spoke with the, 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 the young man with him and to the lad, meaning his son. He, he told the young man, he said, you can depart now. Because I and the Lord will go yonder to worship. He didn't say, okay, let us start to go now. Okay, praise God. Are you ready? Are you ready with the gift? He didn't say anything. He said, let's go yonder to worship. Then what is worship? Worship is adoration to God and the exalted Christ. That means in your life, his name is being magnified. His name is being glorified adoration to God and the exalted Christ, whether people are there or not, and especially whether pastor is there or not. Adoration to God and the exalted Christ, that means your life is giving him praise. Your life is giving him adoration. Your life is magnifying him, and people are just noticing that there's something different about you. I can share this with you again and again and again. I've been in many places where people have looked at me and said, there's something different. I was in chemist warehouse sometimes last year. And I, would just, I just went there to pick some things. 
and I, I, I go to the uh, to where the the, the cashier, the the, you know, the checkout point, and the little young man there looked at me. Said, "There's something different about you." I didn't pray. I didn't say hallelujah when I got there. I didn't say any of such things. I just stood in the line like any other person, and I wanted to just pay. And when I got in front, he said, "There's something." He said, "Sir, there's something different about you." And thank God I had somebody who was with me then. And I looked, I just wanted to hear him out. So why do you say that? He said, because you look like my dad. I said, your dad? He said, yes, my dad. He said, my dad is a pastor. And sometimes the way, when I saw you, you just immediately, you started reminding me of him. And I said, hmm, I said, that's interesting. And I said, well, I said, I'm a minister. He said, yes, you know, uh, and the rest of it. He saw that. I've been in a number of shops. I didn't say anything. I didn't preach to nobody. I didn't go there with a big Bible. I said, did you see? And definitely I didn't walk in there with a big cross. I just walked in like any other person. But they would look and they said, there's something different about you. There's something about you that is different. What is it that they were referring to? Presence. What is it that they're referring to? The presence of the greater one living on my inside that is creating a different atmosphere around me. Oh, I tell people all the time, on a daily basis, I don't jump out of bed and jump into the day. No, before I go into the day, I enter into the eternal refuge of God. And in that eternal refuge, I can tell you, no COVID-19 can escape there, including the so-called Indian variant. Because we hear that all oh, this variant, even when you walk past, you can jump from one person, you can jump from that person. It is not true, especially for you if you're a believer. You believe the word of God. Don't, don't, don't fear their fear. Don't let anybody come and terrify you with lies. Am I saying the COVID-19 does not exist? I'm not saying that at all. It does exist. It's afflicting people. But how about the greater one living on your inside? What reality are you working with? Are you working with their reality or you are working with the reality that he has given you as an ambassador of the kingdom? That is why you must become his representative because ambassadors carry authority. That is why you must become the one that anywhere you go, in that office, you are representing him. Whatever it is you are doing, you've been called to worship. Worship is adoration to God and the exalted Christ. Whatever, whether you are in class. Don't sit there and stay sitting in class. Oh, daddy pastor is not here now. They can see anything. I can do anything. You can't. You belong to the family. God's people. not Because you are there to, in that class, you are there to represent him. In that grade where you are, you are there to represent him. In that place where you walk, you are there to represent him. First of all, through your life and your words. Amen. Yeah, I don't understand what you're talking about. I'm talking about character. I'm talking about your character. Because your character is who you are on that word when nobody is looking. When nobody is looking. I hope we'll get there today. I will show you where Jesus was asking disciples who the men said that I am. Was he asking, was he doing an opinion poll? You check whether people have what is how people, because that's what politicians live by. 
What is the opinion poll for today? What is the opinion poll for today? Politicians are thinking of the next election. Statesmen will be thinking of the next generation. It's about worship. What is worship? Worship is what? Obedience to the Father. Worship is what? Worship must be is a lifestyle, not just music. It's a lifestyle. What is worship? Worship is a sacrifice. Because you must be willing to sacrifice in your worship. Meaning that there are things that you deliberately deny yourself of. Oh yes, because of worship. You want to worship him. You want to magnify him. You know one of the things that the Lord has taught me? He's taught me that anytime you are willing to go to the next level, then you must be willing to let go of some things. It's called sacrifice. Sacrifice. Whatever it is. If you want to go to the next level in your finances, then you must be willing for him to be your provider. You want taking the decision. If you want him to let, if you want to go to the next level regarding any area of your life, then something must be willing to give. That means you give what? You decreasing and he what? Increasing in your life. Number two, we also mentioned about the fact that there are three phases in fulfilling destiny. Foundation and what? Preparation. And then finally what? Manifestation. That is why nobody is born an adult. And in the same way, nobody gets born again today and then tomorrow becomes the chief evangelist. I know there are some places it happens, but that's not the proper scriptural way. There's a time of foundation. Moses went through it. Jesus went through it. Why do you think you would not need to go through it? For the first 40 years of Moses' life, he was, that was the foundation. He was in the palace. He was enjoying all the things there. He was learning the language of the Egyptians. But the destiny would not be fulfilled in the palace. So God had to take him to the backside of the desert. Are you in the backside of the desert now? Oh, don't despise it. It's preparation time. Preparation time. Hello. Prepar you know what's one thing about preparation is this? There's what? There's pruning. Pim! 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 And God is pruning you. Somebody say, I don't like any pruning. I don't like any pruning. Then, you're ready for promotion. Because he will prune you. God does not use an untested vessel. And sometimes, don't see this. Your situation, learn to look at the situations of your life from heaven's eye view. Learn to see from the perspective of heaven. Because God will take you through preparation. He will not use you without preparing you. Don't abort your preparation time. It is called time of process. If you abort process, you abort destiny. And there's no true progress without process. It will take you through process. It will prune you. I was asking during the week, during the Bible study about pruning. And I was asking that, you know, when trees have been, you know, Jesus said, he said, I am the husband. He said, I'm what? I'm the true man. And my father is the husband man. And every what, tree that brings forth fruit, I prune that it might bring forward 
more fruit. You want to bring forth more fruit? Then you must be ready for his pruning. Pruning those excesses. Don't say, this is the way I am. This is the way I am. No, 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 no. Yes, you, will not, you can come into the kingdom the way you are, but God will not leave you the way you are. He wants to change you. He wants to prune you. He wants to take you through his process. He wants to take you through his preparation time. Why? So that at the end of the day, you appear as gold and you be the blessing that God has ordained you to be. So don't jump out of class. Don't run away from class. It's preparing you, is pruning you, is testing you so that you appear what as gold at the end of it. You know, preparation time for Moses took 40 years. And then from 40 years, meaning how many? 80, somebody say 80 years. When are we going to not start to do it? Don't, I'm talking about Moses. Yours will be different from Moses. Well, 40 years. 40 years, and manifestation how many years? 40 years. Making how many? 120 years. Somebody said you're already old. You can't. No, no. Go and check. Go and look at Deuteronomy 34, verse number 7. I don't have time to look at it. The Bible says Moses was 120 years when he died, and his eyes were not dim. Neither were his natural forces abated, meaning that 120 was still as strong, as sharp as a as world. Was he strong? He was not working like this. He <laughs> said, and they are so no, 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 no. He was strong. But why is he able to do that? Because the life in your body comes from your spirit. And the life in your spirit comes from the spirit of the living God. Oh, get more life into your body through the spirit of God that is abiding in you so that you'll be strong. I'm not talking, I'm not saying that we will not grow old and the rest of it like that. But God has a way of keeping you. So that you finish strong, that you are not devastated by, by the corruption and the weakness and the sickness that, that pervades the entire environment. Amen. Praise God. I said, Praise God. I said, Praise God. Hallelujah. I've just done the review, I've not even started the message. So today, we'll continue again by looking at the accurate pattern for building the house of God. And the word accurate is a very interesting word. The word accurate is a very interesting word. It means what? Free from error. Two. Free from error, free from defect. Two. Consistent with standards. God's standard. God has a standard for your life. You're not just an accident. You are wonderfully and beautifully made. And God wants you to watch so that your life will eventually conform and remain consistent with the standard. Number three, it means, the word accurate means right model. Number four, precise and exact. Number five, careful or meticulous. Amen. I'll repeat. The word accurate means, 
It means free from error or defect. Free from error. He wants your life to be free from error. You know, we're living in a fallen world and it's totally corrupted. But God still wants us in the midst of the darkness of this world to rise and walk and shine forth. Free from error or defect, consistent with God's standard. My challenge is this, how free from error is your life? Is it consistent with the standards? Precise and exact, careful and being meticulous. So when we're talking about accurate, we're talking about you building free from error. Building according to his standards. According to that model, according to what he had in his mind when he created you, according to what God, because you were not just before you were formed in your mother's womb, he knew you. What did he have in mind before creating Joel? What was in his mind before creating Harry? What was in his mind before creating Timmy? What was in his mind before creating you and I? Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. So now, building according to the pattern is ensuring that your life develops according to what God had in mind when you were created. You are in the right model. You are precise and exact. And that everything is being carefully done. Amen. Accurate. Have a pattern. Pattern simply means a plan, a form, a construction. A plan, a form, a construction. A structure, a pattern, a figure. I'll repeat. Pattern means the plan. Amen. Praise God. And the form. Praise God. And the construction. Praise the construction, the figure, the structure. Accurate pattern for building the house of God so that your life is being built when you finish foundation and you are in preparation because preparation is when the structure has been put together. Foundation, nobody sees it. It's hidden. It's, it's, it, nobody admires foundation. That is why nobody, have you ever passed a building and you say, wow, with all the rubbles there during foundation, you say, oh, this is beautiful. Nobody admires foundation. And that is why nobody has admired some of the things you are doing here because you are in foundation. And then when you get to preparation, then the structure is being put together. That's where the pruning is taking place. And at the same time, when the structures are on, nobody is admiring the structure because they are knocking the thing and they are removing that thing. They are putting the wood here. They are putting that thing there. They are putting everything within seems to be scattered. But I'm telling you, I want to assure you, by the time God will finish with you, you look like that beautiful house that he had in his mind when you formed you, when he created you. It's all just work with him. Don't wait, with, wait for him. Wait on him. They that wait upon the Lord which renew their strength. Oh, I'm telling you so, oh, but sometimes it's not easy. I know, but you wait. Oh, sometimes I'm telling you, it's not, it can be painful. Do you know when trees have been pruned, tears are always coming out of their eyes? Somebody say, what? I've never seen trees cry. You watch them. Oh, yes, you grew up in Melbourne. You wouldn't see that. 
Or if I take you to sail, if I take you to try, if I take you to the countryside, and you see where trees have been pruned, you see something coming out of those trees called sap. And sap, that is when the trees, oh, 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 the tree, you see the tree, oh, and the gardener, not minding the cry of the trees, not minding the cry, but do you know what? At the end of the day, you see bigger fruits. You see more fruits. You say, wow, it's looking so beautiful. The tree has gone through trimming, has gone through pruning. And that is what God does during preparation stage. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. So accurate pattern. This is so important. Accurate pattern for building the house of God. And I'm not talking about building a building because we are in the process of our, we are in the process, we're in the time of our building project. And that is important that we have our own building. It's important that we have the physical building, but it's equally important, if not much more important, that your life is built according to pattern. So that's what we're looking at this at this time. And the title of this message affirmed the need for you and I to build our lives accurately. To build accurately. Because when you go off course, when you go offline, God is so merciful. And as a father, he does not show immediately. You know, but down the line, few years down the line, Few months down the line, you start to really show, wow, something has gone wrong. That's why it's important that you be what accurately. Just like the pilot fly from maybe Melbourne to London or Melbourne to LA, you know, and you're supposed to travel on 40 degrees, 50 degrees north, 40 degrees altitude, this and that, and then suddenly you swell from 40 degrees to 50 degrees, it's not going to show that you're out, but if you continue like that, instead of landing in LA, you find yourself in Denver. And I can tell you, LA and Denver are not the same. Amen. That's why it's important. And I can hear someone say, but how do I do it? Just travel with me. Just listen to me. That is the purpose of my sharing with you. Amen. Why is this also so important? Because 630, remember the story of, of, of the children of Israel. Look at, the, look at what they went through. The trouble they went through to be delivered from the clot of Pharaoh. And the Bible says 600,000 men, besides women and children, left Egypt. 600,000 men. Besides women and children left Egypt. If you add the women and you add the children. And the Bible says a mixed multitude also follow them. If you add all of them together, it will be about 2 million if not over. They left with a lot of pomp and pageantry. The Bible says after they left and especially, you know, in the crossing, after the crossing of the Red Sea, even the women led the singing. Thank God for women. Oh, praise the name of the Lord. Thank God for women. 
No wonder even in a lot of places, you find women leading worship. You find women being more in the worship team. Uh, somebody said that about the men. You thank God for the men too. Amen. But in this place, after crossing the Red Sea, Miriam led the women. And what were they singing? I was singing unto the Lord. For he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and the rider has been thrown into the sea. It was a major battle. It was a battle they thought they, they could never win. At a stage, even after they left Egypt, Pharaoh and the armies of Egypt, and that was the greatest army, the most powerful army at that time, followed after them. They were in front, in front of them was the Red Sea. Behind them were the armies of Pharaoh. It looked as if the battle was lost. But I'm telling you, it's not over until it is over. Oh, are you facing the Red Sea? Behind you, do you have the armies of the Egyptians? Do you have horses riding? You look forward, there seems to be no hope. You look backward, it's like every, all hopes are lost. Listen to me very well. It is not over until it is over. Wait for the final word from heaven. Let the word from heaven come to you so that you know that no matter what you are facing, no matter the challenge, no matter the difficulty, you are going to cross over and end up singing like Miriam and declaring God's word that says you will sing unto the Lord for he has triumphed for gl gloriously. Oh, someone say, I don't, you don't know the mess I'm already in. Oh, yes, I may not know the mess you're in. Be ready and wait for it. God is about to turn your mess into a message. Oh, you don't know the trial I'm going through. You wait for it. God is about to turn that trial into triumph. Oh, yes, oh, but Lord, Pastor, I know you're saying that, but how about this test? Wait for it. That test is about to become a testimony. Amen. So when they crossed, and when they were singing, it was, they were singing and declaring the testimony of God's faithfulness in their life through songs. I will sing unto the Lord. For he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and the rider has been thrown into the sea. What a way to start. What a way to begin. But do you know what? What then happened? How come? It's over two million people. How come? What happened to them? That on entering into God's promise, because they left, they departed. But the plan of God was not just to get them out of Egypt, but to bring them into promise. What happened? That over two million people left and only two people entered. What happened in spite of the songs, in spite of the dancing, in spite of the testimony? What happened? Oh, somebody said, I still don't, can I, can, I, can I read to you? Maybe I should take you to scriptures. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 6. 6, so that you can see it there. 6. You can read from verse numbers, maybe I'll read from verse 17. You shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God. His what? Testimonies. And his what? Statues which he has commanded you. Verse 18, And you shall do what is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that he may be well with you, and that you may go in and possess the good land of where the Lord swore to your fathers. So the God committed himself. Verse 19, To cast out all your enemies before you. Meaning that there were people there. 
meaning that we're enemies of the land. And they must be what? Removed so that the people of God can what? Or possess the land. Because you can't enthrone without first of all dethroning. Amen. You can't just walk in. Many, many times that's the challenge. That's where we miss it. Because we think, because God has promised, because the prophecy had come, that's the end of it. The moment prophecies are released, remember, prophetic word is like a guided missile, looking for the believing heart to work in the believer's life. It's not the end of process, it's the beginning of process. That's why Paul wrote to Timothy, wait a good warfare by the prophecies that have been what? That's gone ahead of you. Wait a good warfare. That is where we miss it. But I'll leave that for the moment. To cast out all your enemies from before you, as the Lord has spoken. Verse 20. So when your son asks you in time to come, saying, what is the meaning of the testimony? Hallelujah. The statutes and the judgments where the Lord our God has commanded you. God is a transgenerational God. Whatever is given to you, he wants you to be able to pass across to the next generation. He does not want to start with every generation. Amen. And that is why the enemy attacks the next generation. So that there's no continuity and no consistency. You know, and God is saying here, he said, when your son asks you in time to come, saying what is the meaning of the testimonies, the status and the judgment, with the Lord our God has commanded you, 21, then you shall say to your son, hey, we were what? Slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt. And the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. What was God also telling them? Don't forget where you came from. Don't forget, don't forget the times where you had nothing. Yes, you are now the big man now. But don't forget when there was nothing. Don't forget the time, the days of the struggle. Not to just continually looking back and say, oh, look at what I went through. So that you appreciate that can continually be what? Full of appreciation on what God is doing in your life today. Then you shall say to your son, we were slaves. Uh, uh, brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand, 22. And then the Lord showed signs and wonders before our eyes, great and severe against Egypt, Pharaoh and all his household. 23. Then he brought us out from there. That in my world. I can hear you. He brought us out. That in my world. So the plan of God was not to bring them out and then for them to perish in the wilderness. He brought them out so that he might bring them what in. Then what happened? Abortion of process. What happened? Preparation did not translate into manifestation. For most of them, what happened? They lost out in fulfilling what God gave them. Then the next question is, how did this happen? Did God just bring them out and abandon them? Did he give them instructions? Was it there for them? Did he tell them what to do? Because we can say that, but how? How come? Why happened? Do you know also that for us today, it didn't save you from the world so that you might remain perpetually rooted in an inglorious position? Do you know he didn't call you out so that you end up missing it, failing, and then suddenly everything is scattered? No, he called you out so that he might bring you in. For Israel, it was a promised land, a physical land of Canaan. 
for us New Testament believers, it is the promise of God, that model, that plan, that structure, that thing that was in his heart when he formed you, when he made you, when he created you, that promise, the reason why you were born, the reason why you were born. Amen. Praise God. You know, when Jesus, I just remember the story of when Jesus stood before Pharaoh, I mean, before Pilate, and Pilate said, are you the king of the Jews? You know what he said to him? He said, for this cause was I born, or for this purpose was I born, and for this reason came I into the world. He knew the reason why he was born. It wasn't easy, but he was willing to go through because that was the purpose whereby the Father sent him. When eternity entered into time, he knew the purpose. That is why it's important for you to know so that you can come into fulfillment. So did God leave them? Did God just, uh, just continue? Whatever happens, we'll see. God does not do it. He's a God of order. That's one of the things I've learned from him long time. God is a God of what? Order. He's not a God of disorder. He doesn't do things what? Anyhow. He's not just saying, okay, let's try it. If God is not into trial and error, uh, let's try and see whether where, where, where the, let's say, and see where the storm falls. No, God doesn't do things like that. He's a God of order. Can you show me? Yes, I'll answer your question and I will show you. Let's go to Exodus 25. Exodus 25, from verse number 8. Exodus 25, verse number 8. It reads, and I quote, 25, and let them make me, the MDI is capital. That is God talking about himself. Let them make me a what? A sanctuary that I may dwell amongst them. Verse 9, according to all that I will show you, that is the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all its furnishings. So just so you shall make it. That means that because he told them when he was taking them out of Egypt, that they will take them into the wilderness so that they will worship him there. And he said, this is the way to do it. Why? Because obedience to the Father, exaltation of God, a lifestyle of sacrifice and a lifestyle of worship will always take you into fulfillment. And he said this, that look, when you get, by the time you get into the wilderness, you set up this pattern of worship so that in worshiping me, you can walk with me. Because when your worship continually is going up, presence is continually coming down. To direct you, to guide you, to lead you. He said, build this according to pattern. Because they were just, they were physical, they didn't have the Holy Spirit in them the way we have the Holy Spirit in us today. So God, even at that time, made it clear when you go in there, when you leave Egypt, when you get into the wilderness, build according to pattern. According to all that I show you, that is the pattern of a tabernacle. Verse number 40. 25, verse number 40. 
It reads, and I quote, and see to it that you make them according to our pattern, which was shown you on the mountain. Can you see? That is what we are talking about. Accurate pattern for building the house of God. Accurate pattern for building the house of God. He kept, he made this very clear. If you read the entire Exodus 25, he laid out how the tabernacle was to be built. Give them specific instructions. What to do in this area. What to do in that area. How to construct. Because he wanted them to build according to pattern. In like manner today, the church of God is the house of God. And those of us who have been entrusted with the task of building must build according to our pattern. Today, the emphasis of God is building the house of God. Is building you up. And to be built according to pattern. Let me take you to the New Testament so that I will show you there. From verse number 9. 1 Corinthians 3, verse number 9. So we are now in the New. Because we are primarily New Testament believers. So 1 Corinthians 9. From verse number 3, sorry. 1 Corinthians 3 from verse number 9. The reason I call. For we are God's what? Fellow workers. You are what? God's field and you are what? God's building. Look at it again. For we are God's fellow workers. That means we are working together with God or co-workers. And you are God's field. You are God's building. Verse number 10. And according to the grace of God, which was given to me, as a wise master builder, I've laid the foundation, and another builds on it, but let each one take heed how he builds. Remember, foundation, preparation, and what? Manifestation. According to the grace of God, which was given to me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, Another builds on it, but let each one take it out, it builds on it. Verse number 11. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is what? In Christ Jesus. 12. Now if anyone builds on this foundation with what? Gold. And what again? And what again? And what again? Hay and straw. Each one's work will become clear for the day where... Declare it will be revealed by fire. So can you see the reason why sometimes there is fire in your life? Hello? Can you see the reason why? That is why I've said so before, and I'll say it again. That, you know, the reason why there's fire in your future is because there's future in that fire for you. The future that he will not allow to produce, that, that does not have anything to do with your future. Ah. <laughs> oh, he will not what? He will ensure. Because he's watching over you. He's keeping you. He's watching over you. So he's allowed the fire. Because when you come through that fire, you can come out as what? Beautiful as gold. But now, the fire would test each one's work of what it is. Verse 14. If anyone's work which has built on it endures, that means that if the work what 
earthly means, he will receive a reward. Verse 15. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. Meaning, he will be in heaven, but there will not be any reward. He will enter heaven, but there will not be any commendation. He will not hear from the master, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your Lord. He will not be commended. My prayer for you is that you will be commended and you will not be condemned. Verse number 16. Do you not know that you are the temple? We can replace that and say you are the building of God. You can replace that and put there you are the tabernacle of God. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and the spirit of God dwells in you? Don't you know that? Do you know that? That you are the temple of God? You are the building of God? You are the tabernacle of God? In the Old Testament, they had the physical tabernacle. In the New Testament, you are the temple that God is building. You are God's field. You are God's building. That is why when we're talking about accurate pattern for building the house of God, we're not primarily talking about mortar and bricks here. We're talking about your life. We're talking about your future. We're talking about God's purpose for you. We're talking about bringing, coming into fulfillment that even though he brought you out so that you can come in into the fullness of that plan, of that purpose, of that will of God for your life. Amen. I'll read it from the TPT version. This is a version that I enjoy studying from and I enjoy reading from. Verse 9. Because... You know, they make things a bit more clearer, and I like the accuracy of their, of, of, of their translation. Because it's not all the translations that are, because some of them are paraphrases, not translation. But this is a true translation of the original text. Amen? Verse 9. We are co-workers with God, and you are God's word, cultivated garden. The house is what? <laughs> oh, I love that. He said, for we are co-workers with God, and you are God's cultivated garden. The house is building. God has given me, that's all now, unique gifts as a skilled master builder who lays a good foundation. Afterwards, another craftsman comes and builds on it. So builders, beware. <laughs> builders what beware let every builder do his work carefully according to God's standard remember the pattern remember accuracy we looked at all of that accurate pattern and we're talking about what we're talking about standard God's standard for no one is empowered to lay an alternative foundation other than the good foundation that exists, which is Jesus Christ. That means the foundation he laid when he formed you, when he created, what he had in mind. No other one is allowed to lay an, what? an alternative foundation other than the good foundation that exists. Twelve, the quality of materials used by anyone building on this foundation will soon be made apparent. Whether it has been built with gold, silver, and costly stones. Someone said, but I don't have gold. I don't have silver. How do I build now? This is not primarily talking about gold, silver, and 
those things, it's talking about your obedience to him. Because your obedience to his word, his counsel, his will for your life, is what will come out to him as gold, as silver, and precious stones. Or wood or hay or straw, 13. Their work will soon become evident, for the day will make it clear. Did you notice there? It said, for the day will make it clear. The word day there is not small d. So it's not talking about the, 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 the coming of the day that we experience every day. This is talking about Christ. The day will make it clear because it will be revealed by blazing fire. And the fire will test it and prove the workmanship of each builder. If his work stands the test of fire, he will be rewarded. If his work is consumed by the fire, he will suffer great loss. May you not suffer great loss. May you be rewarded at the end of a day, at the end of your life. You know, it will not end here. The reason why sometimes at the end, you see someone who has lived his life or her life anyhow, they've been so proud. But towards the end, fear will grip their heart. Number one, because of lack of understanding of what will happen thereafter. Number two, because of the way they've lived their lives. For you, well, you know, because when we obey him, at the end, we approach him with joy. You look forward to again uniting with the master that you love and you serve. And do you know what? There's a presence of angels. I can never, never forget. I witnessed one many years ago. An old lady in our church. Uh, she was, she was, I think she must have been about 78 then. And, and I still remember, I remember her like yesterday. She was about to pass. She had this diagnosis of, 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 of you know, of blood cancer. You know what they call it? Blood cancer. And then she and I said, let's pray. Let, let's, let me pray for you. Let me pray for you so that God will heal you. And she looked at me. He said, Pastor, he said, my husband passed on about six years ago. And my children are all doing well. And I said, you know, I really don't want to. I just want to go and be with Jesus. I think, I believe I've completed my time here. And I want to go and be with Jesus. And I looked at her. I wanted to pray. But she wanted to go and be with Jesus. She said, I believe I've finished my course. And I remember she was taken to the hospital. The day she would pass on, we were there. Myself was there. You know, also my wife was there. Our daughter, Lorenzo, was there. And others were also there. All our children were there. And some grandchildren. We, were all, we all gathered around her. It was the most peaceful passing I had ever seen. There was no struggle. There was no foaming. There was nothing like that. You could almost literally sense the presence of angels. You know? And she just was as if she was at the stage. She was just like here with us. And then another place. Just another moment. Another minute. She just like stepped out of her body. And she was there. You look at her. You look at her as if she was still sleeping. But by then she was dead. What a passing. It was a glorious passing. It was the best passing I have seen. There was no struggle. There was no foaming. There was not anything like that. She just departed and left. That's the passing of a child of God. Those who have lived their life. Because there's no fear. You're not going to. Are you looking for way? Maybe you've been away. Maybe you've been out. You're not going back. Or maybe you're 
your uncle, your, your parents, or whatever have been away from you? Are you looking forward to seeing them again? Are you looking forward and you're seeing them with trepidation or fear? No, you're looking forward to seeing them. Oh, yes, I want to go and see so-and-so. I want to see so-and-so. You're looking forward to that. Uh, because that's, that's the way. When a believer is about to depart, you're looking forward to going again to meet the one who died for you, who loved you. You're looking forward to it with joy, not with trepidation, not with fear, not with, oh, don't know what will happen. When you have such, it's because their presence in that place, in that environment of demonic spirits that threaten to drag them down into hell. Verse number 16. He now says what? 16. Don't you realize that together you have become God's inner sanctuary so that the Spirit of God makes his what? Permanent abode in you. Don't you know? How can I share this with you? Don't you know that you have become what? God's sanctuary. And Jesus, the Spirit of God, wants to have a permanent resident inside of you. Permanent residence. That is why it is not just occasional visitation that God wants from you. And that is why it's not just about when we gather. Thank God for when we come together like this. We are instructed. We are encouraged. We are also what? We are taught. And we are imparted with grace. But it doesn't end there. You have to carry it on and carry the presence on beyond just the place of meeting. Because God wants to take a permanent residence within you. Can I quickly read the book of Ephesians to you? Let me read it to you. Because of time, I'll read it to you from the TPT version. I would love to read it from the King James and then the TPT. But I'll go to the TPT straight away because of time. Verse 19. So you are not foreigners or guests. Ephesians chapter number 2 from verse 19. You are not what? Foreigners or guests. But rather you are children of the city of the holy ones. With all the rights as family members of the household of God. Ephesians King James says you are no longer strangers or foreigners. But fellow citizens with the saints. Members of the household of God. Verse 20. You are rising like a perfectly fitted stones of the temple. And your lives have been built up together upon the foundation laid by the apostles and prophets. And the best of all, you are connected to the head cornerstone of the building, the anointed one, Jesus Christ himself. 21, this entire building, hallelujah. This entire building, that means the, your entire life. This entire building is under construction. Is <laughs> under construction. He has not finished with you. Amen. So don't jump out of the class. He has not finished with you. So don't look down on yourself and say nothing good can come out of it. He has not finished with you. And don't say look at it. Don't let your past continue to dictate your future. Don't become a prisoner of your past. He has not finished with you. This whole building is still under construction. Under construction. And it's continually growing under his supervision. That's why I say supervision Delegation without supervision is abandonment. He's delegated. He's giving you his Holy Spirit. 
He committed the church to the apostles, but he didn't abandon them. He gave them the Holy Spirit to supervise them so that in the steps and the things they do, they can continue to build according to pattern. The challenge is when we're not listening to the supervisor. Until he rises up and completed as the holy temple of the Lord himself. This means that God is transforming each one of you into the holy of holies, his dwelling place, through the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of you. Oh, you just wait when God has finished transforming you. You just wait when God has finished completing that, beast, that building that is, and that, that building is coming out so beautiful. Many will see you and they say, what? Is this the same so-and-so? Is this so-and-so and so? He said, yes. That's so-and-so that you used to know. This is the word. This is the completed house. This is God. Oh, this is what God has done with my life. Your life is still under construction. Amen. I will round up by taking you to where Jesus spoke about the church. And here, there, we're going to bring out and start to look at the principles to build your life upon. Many times in the scriptures, Jesus spoke about the kingdom of God 55 times. But he only spoke about the church twice. The church is the force establishing the kingdom of God on the face of the earth. The church is the instrument of God to establish his kingdom on the face of the earth. That is why building the church is so important. In fact, he himself said, I will build my church. I will go there and I'll bring out the point and we will close today. Let's go to where the church was mentioned for the first time. It's called the law of first mention. Because the law of first mention normally reveals intent. If you want to know what God's intention, the original intent of God concerning anything, find the place where the thing was first what? Mentioned. Because it's consistent. It's not like other books that will say this one and they say that one. Have you noticed that they don't print the Bible every day? Why? Because they will not need, bear any need to what? To what? <laughs> to any need to, to, to send down and say, we retract the story we published yesterday. No, 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 no. Because the Bible is the truth. Not just a truth, it's the truth. You know what newspapers are published every day? Because there are things. They might say it today this way, and then tomorrow they might say what? Uh, we change our mind. Well, it's not exactly so. Oh, yes. Do you know that the reason why we're increasing the lockdown is because we found two positives whereby they walk and the thing jump from one to another. Because of this very serious case, we're increasing. Then three days after, oh, well, 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 we really didn't know that. It's actually two false positives. Meanwhile, seven days lockdown has been put. But you should have just humbled and said, well, we realize this now. Let's remove it. But you know the pride of men. The Bible is not like that. Someone says, what are you talking about? Well, if we don't know, that's okay. Let's come back to where, we're, where we are. <laughs> Matthew chapter 16. And I will, I will finish. I will close from here. Verse number 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Verse 14. So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. 15. 
And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? 16, Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. 17, Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon, by Jonah. For flesh and blood does not reveal this to you, but my father who is in heaven. 18, and I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades or Hades or hell shall not prevail against it. Verse 19, and I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you lose on earth will be lose in heaven. Oh, wonderful, precious words. But I'll go to verse 13. Because that's where I will stay today and I will close. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, this passage, this scripture, that's where Jesus mentions church for the very first time. And it's quite interesting that this time the Bible says he went into the region of Caesarea Philippi. Caesarea Philippi uh, at that time was a city populated mainly by Gentiles. And this was one of the very few times that Jesus actually left the Jewish territory of Galilee. It was a city renowned for idol worship, especially the worship of Baal. And one, in fact, it was actually referred to as the birthplace of a particular god or pan. Go and check it. It was referred to that, that so, so you find literally in that city at that time a lot of temples dedicated to various gods. And the person who changed the name, because the name was not initially Caesarea Philippi, it was Panias, that changed it to Caesarea Philippi was Philip, one of the sons of Herod the Great. And he changed it to honor himself, to put his name upon the city, because he had and in the beautiful terrains and the mountains, but was a place filled with idol worship. And Jesus went there and took his disciples there. What is the significance of that? That you can't build church. You can't establish the kingdom without, first of all, dethroning the other world kingdom. A lot of times, when it comes to church, when it comes to your life, when it comes, you think, oh, yes, I can just, uh, okay, I'm now, yes, I'll come to church. It's just, oh, let's have a time, good time of fellowship. Let's have a time of, if you're going to establish and build according to pattern, there must be a dislodging of a particular way of life, particular thoughts, particular things you've been doing so that you can now align yourself with the pattern of the kingdom. Many people come into church and then you, okay, that we've come now. We've changed from attending golf on Sunday. We're now coming to what? Church building on, on, on the other Sunday. We've moved from doing this, going to footy, well, doing so Sunday, and then we're now going, without changing the mindsets, without changing their thoughts, if, as long as you continue like that, you will not be able to build according to pattern. Do you know the Bible says we've been delivered from the dominion of darkness? Before coming into the kingdom of God, there were some things that were dominating our lives. 
reflecting themselves in our thought patterns. Can I submit to you that what you call culture is actually the influence of the dominating spirit in that area? If you want to watch what is the spirit or what, which spirits are dominating a particular area, just watch the pattern of life of the people. Watch the, their dominant thoughts, what the things they've embraced. Through that, you can identify the dominant spirit. Do you think any reasonable person would not want to give their hearts to the Lord Jesus Christ? Oh, no, nobody would want to do that. But then why are so many people not doing that? Because our gospel is hid. No, so if our gospel be hid, it is hidden to those who are perishing, in whom the God of this world has blinded the eyes of those who do not believe. When the Lord kept on pointing this out to me, as I was reflecting on this word, it became so clear to me that we cannot enthrone without first of all effectively dethrone. There are principalities, there are powers. Maybe I should take you to Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12. I'll read from verse 22. Matthew 12, and I'll read Ephesians 6, and I'll close. Then a man brought before Jesus, a man was brought before Jesus who had a demon spirit that made him both blind and unable to speak. Hello, I'm reading from the TPT again. A man was brought before Jesus who had a demon spirit that made him. So demon spirit made him. Hello? Without that, if we're going to just look at it in the natural, so oh, this man, uh, what do we do? What operation are we going to perform? How are we going to do it? What, what, what are we going to do to help this man to, uh, to be able to see and to be able to uh, speak? What medication should we apply? But look at it. The Bible made it very, very clear. It was not just a case of medication. That this man had been afflicted by a demonic spirit. That made him. You know, you can't, you can't solve spiritual problems just using physical means. Sometimes some of these diseases, in fact, many of them, many of them, and sometimes some of these afflictions, afflictions, they are demonic in nature. That is why I shared with you what the Lord spoke to me last year. You know, and the debate is constantly on. Oh, did COVID-19 come from China? Did it come from Wuhan lab? Did it come when somebody passed and then the demon, I mean, the, 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 the virus jumped from that animal? And look, I said, you look like the one that can jump on, and then jump on the, and then the person now took it around the whole place. And they are debating now, and they are talking about it now. Debate as much as you can. I have news for you. COVID-19, yes, maybe the, 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 the human platform of it, maybe it was China or Wuhan lab or whatever it is, but behind the veil, COVID-19 is demonic in nature. Demonic in nature. Oh, yes. Can I tell you that? Before the vaccines came, they said, wait for the vaccine. Vaccine will solve all the problems. Suddenly, vaccine came. The week after vaccine landed, we started hearing the variant. They said, this variant might not be as effective regarding the vaccine. What happened to the promise of vaccine? What happened to the promise of vaccine? I'm not saying don't take vaccine, but make sure you have taken the original vaccine. You know, so that you know, no matter where the thing is jumping from or jumping out from, jumping to, you know that your children, you are, you are, you are, you are protected. 
It, the whole thing is demonic in nature. That is why you must learn to draw the bloodline around us. A week or two weeks before this lockdown came, God instructed me, said, draw the bloodline around yourself. I drew that. I announced it in church. I announced it. I said, I drew the bloodline around the entire church. We didn't know that almost a week after, about two weeks after, that they said they discovered one variant. And then, plop, before you know what is happening, they want, yeah, we are now also, they plunge the entire state into lockdown. Your life must be shielded. He that dwell in the sacred place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty God. I will say of the Lord, is my refuge and my fortress. And surely it will. It will deliver me. Deliver me. My life is eating. And Christ is eating God. And there's a bloodline around me. No COVID-19 can jump the bloodline. Amen. Praise God. Look at it. The spirit made him unable to speak. And Jesus healed him instantly. And he could see and talk again. And the crowds went wild with amazement as they witnessed this miracle. And they kept saying to one another, Would this man be the Messiah? But when Pharisees overheard what the people were saying about the miracle, they said, He cast out demons by the power of Satan, the prince of demons. What an insult. 23 or 25. Now Jesus supernaturally perceived their thoughts and motives. So he confronted them by telling them this parable. Any kingdom that fights against itself, you know what he's saying there? That Satan has what? A kingdom. Any kingdom that fights against itself will end up in ruins. And any family or community splintered by strife will fall apart. <laughs> Did you hear that? Any kingdom that fights against itself will end up in ruins. And any what? Family or what? Community splintered by strife will fall apart. So if Satan cast out Satan, he's making war on himself. How then could this, his kingdom what? Survive. So if Satan empowers me to cast out demons, who empowers your exorcist to cast them out? Go ask them. But what they do proves you are wrong in your accusations. On the other hand, if I drive out demons by the power of the Spirit of God, then the end of Satan's kingdom has come. Did he drive out what? These things by the power of God? Yes, he did. Who would dare enter into the house of a mighty man and steal his property? First, he must be overpowered and tied up by the one who is stronger than he. Then his entire house can be plundered and every word possession stolen. So join with me. For if you are not on my side, you are against me. And if you receive to help me, gather the spoils, you are making things worse. Jesus alluded to the presence of another kingdom or the satanic kingdom. If you are in Christ, or before you even enter into the kingdom of God, you are under the influence of a particular kingdom. And even after entering, giving your heart to the Lord, this kingdom continues to endeavor to influence our thinking so that we don't dethrone his influence in our lives. And Jesus is making it clear here that if you want to build accurately, the first place is so important. Whether we're building the church, whether we're building in our own lives, be aware. Be aware. Don't just listen. The thoughts that are coming to you, where are they coming from? Those negative thoughts. Those things that are saying it cannot be possible. 
Those things are saying, look at you. Those things are saying, don't mind. All those things, where are they coming from? Be aware that the enemy is continually endeavoring to influence us so that he will continue to keep us what bound to him until we start to change our thoughts, changing the way we think. Changing because most people don't know that those thoughts coming to them are coming from the enemy. The things will just drop and you utter a You look at yourself, you see some things and you, you repeat it. Those things are coming from hell. And, <clears throat> and the plan is to keep you completely out of accuracy of God's pattern and God's building. Know this. Likewise, you can't effectively plant a church in any area if you don't dislodge. Because there are forces keeping people bound, making them to think the way they think. And even when people want to, sometimes, you know, when you people get born again and they are in church, he endeavors to ensure that they do not what grow because he continues to be cloud their mind so that they do not see the way God wants them to see. It is so important in building accurately, you must be sensitive to change the way you think and not yield to wrong forces and not yield to wrong thoughts and not yield to wrong spirit telling you do this or do that. And you think they're just your own thoughts. They're not your thoughts, but that's the enemy trying to influence you and keep you bound. And I will end with Ephesians chapter number six on verse number 10. Last of all, I'm reading from the Living Bible. Last of all, I want to remind you that your strength must come from the Lord's mighty power within you. Put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand safe against all strategies and tricks of Satan. For we are not fighting against people. Hello, you are not fighting our problem. Our warfare is not against your brother, your sister. It's not against your auntie, your uncle. We're not fighting people. Hello. Oh, you don't know what he did. You don't know what she did. You don't know what he said. You don't know what she said. We're not fighting people. Made of flesh and blood, but against persons without bodies, the evil rulers of the unseen world, those mighty satanic beings and great evil princes of darkness who rule this world and against huge numbers of wicked spirit in the spirit world. You know, the enemy is so subtle. He wants to keep himself hidden behind the veil so that people will just think that it does not exist and is influencing, is manipulating, causing trouble, causing problems. And then we just responding to them, thinking we're the ones doing them, thinking those thoughts are coming from us. But thank God, the New Testament has exposed him completely. And in our lives too, he must be exposed. That you must learn that when those thoughts come, you send it back to sender. When he says, look at you, look at, I remember a man of God was sharing. He said he went, he went on, he went, he took his friends and they were visiting a very tall building in their city. And while they were there looking, he had very clearly a voice that says, jump now. And it was about 100 story, I mean, a very tall building. He said, jump now. But thank God that he has learned what I'm teaching you immediately turned and said to the spirit, he said, you two jump now. But supposing he didn't know that, you know, he would leave that place, I don't know what is happening. I think I'm getting suicidal. I'm going to take him suicidal. No, 
those things are demonic spirit influencing people. And they want, and their intent is to what? To steal their health, steal their joy, to kill and to what? To destroy. The moment you realize what is coming from, where those things are coming from, you learn to deal with them at their appropriate level. You cut off where does the influence is coming from, and then you're able to stand strong. But it takes a prince to bind a prince. It takes somebody who's walking the spirit to recognize that. And I'm not talking about looking for demons under every stone. But I'm talking about being sensitive to the Holy Spirit to guide you and to recognize the fact that there are so many forces at work. I can go, continue and continue and continue. Various experiences that I've had. They will help you to recognize that wait a minute. Some of the experiences, especially when they are long term, especially when they're going from one generation to another, they are demonic in nature. You need to rise up and take a stand against them and ensure that you what? You ensure that what? You bring to pass in your life the operation and the what? The authority of the kingdom so that this other kingdom is dislodged, so that Jesus, his will, his purpose can flourish and you can be the building that God has ordained to build. I want to pray for you. Rise up on your feet wherever you are. Heavenly Father, thank you for the word. You've given to us this day. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Help us, Lord, to be sensitive in the spirit. Help us to be more spirit aware. Help us to recognize wrong thoughts. Help us to recognize those wrong ideas, those thoughts that come, negative thoughts and all of those thoughts. Oh, help us to recognize the source of them so that we can respond appropriately. Lord, I pray. Oh, Lord, my God, come and empower. Strengthen with mind. Strengthen with mind. You're sending us with mind by your spirit in the inner man so that Christ will dwell in our hearts to faith in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you. Lord, I pray that none of these words, your people will not forget. None will be forgetful here. It will be what will remain. The words will abide. The words will continue to dwell so that they will learn to respond appropriately. And Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you concerning each and everyone under the sound of my voice. Again, I draw the bloodline. I said they are shielded in the name of Jesus Christ. No evil will befall you. No sickness, no COVID-19 will come near you in the name of Jesus. With your own eyes, with your own ears, you just continue to hear and see the recompense of the wicked because you have made the Lord your God and the Most High your habitation. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, you will fulfill your destiny. You will build accurately. You will build according to pattern, structure, form, plan, and will of God. In Jesus' name, your destiny will not be aborted. In the name of Jesus. And peradventure, there's anything in you right now or anything the enemy is trying to put on you, contrary to the original plan, pattern, purpose, and plan, in the name of Jesus, I bind it in Jesus' name, and I command it be gone. That thought, I bind those wrong thoughts. I bind those negative thoughts in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, thank you. You are free. You are empowered. You are delivered in Jesus' name. Rise and shine. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, wonderful Savior. We give you all the glory. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. God bless you. Somebody said we took a bit of time. Can I be honest with you? I actually caught it short in righteousness. Amen. God bless you. Praise God. Once again, we'll continue uh, with the church in the houses during the week, Tuesdays and Thursdays. And by the grace of God, we will see you on Sunday. Our corporate worship, it's going to be explosive. It will be mighty celebration. Amen. And you will not be found wanting. You will be there in Jesus' name. I love you. The Lord will continue to keep you in Jesus' name. Amen.